I always begin with 77 hour. I don't know what you do. Um, I do long episodes of pressure with the elevator engaged and I tell the patient, I say, listen, you're gonna feel a lot of pressure and I just hold it there and I hold it there. And this was something that my associate wasn't used to. Welcome to the Truth About Dentistry podcast. I am Dr. Peggy Bound, a successful solo dental practice owner in St. John, New Brunswick. After years of figuring out how I wanted to practice, I now run a fully digital clinic providing my own brand of dentistry on my own terms. It wasn't easy and I'm still learning, but I know I have so much knowledge to share. This podcast is created to help inspire young dentists or anyone looking to transition to a more digital practice. I aim to give you actionable step-by-step strategies to help you navigate the modern dentistry landscape. If you're looking to become more digital, improve your skills, or even have a more profitable practice, then this podcast is for you. Now let's get started. Hey everyone. Nice to be back here uh, today. I want to share with you my top 10 tricks, uh, tricks of the trade, if you will, in extractions and GP clinic. I want you to have success in your extractions and just your patient relationships when it comes to those um, those types of appointments because they can turn out bad and they can sometimes, you know, leave the patient with fear or give you a bad you know, a bad reputation if you're not kind of caring for the patient in a certain way. So this was spurred on by a uh, conversation I had with my associate recently. And, and as you know, she's a um, new grad and I love to share again, what is it I do? And I would not want her to learn how to do and be successful uh, as early in her career as possible. So after 20 years uh, plus of taking out teeth, and I think, you know, it's something that I do quite naturally, but it comes down to more about, you know, how we manage the patient. Of course, the technical skills have to be there, but I'm going to be going through some of the things like just exactly the step-by-step things that I do in order to get the job done and do it in a way that the patient is still wowed. (laughs) It doesn't matter what we're doing. I think we can still um, impress our patients and do something that they don't expect and give them a good experience. So let's get started in my top 10 tricks of the trade extractions in the GP clinic. So what I want to do is I want to share exactly like how I would explain this to my associate. So like I said to her, I'm like, listen, When you enter that operatory, you have to sort of pretend like you're going on stage. You're going in front of an audience. Yes, it's a small audience. I get it. But you need to be at your best, whether or not you feel like it or not. You have to sound upbeat in your conversation. There has to be a bit of a high energy. I usually make a comment that like allows them to gauge, allows me to gauge how nervous they are. Uh, I might make a, like a comment or a joke or something that kind of like kind of just gauges their vibe. And then I'll use that information, of course, to guide the next steps in the conversation, whether or not I've got to be, you know, really kind of help get their anxiety under control or we know it's going to be a lighthearted type of appointment. So basically what I'm doing is I'm just helping them feel cared for and less anxious if that, you know, is necessary. The second thing I do is I think about, and I don't actually think about this, but once I thought through, I said, okay, what am I thinking about? I'm thinking about the two C's and the two C's are conversation 
and confidence. And this sort of comes back to my first point. But, you know, you need to make sure you're able to make conversation with the patient and you need to have confidence even if you don't really have it. So if you're a new grad or you're younger, uh, not have done as many cases, it's like anything in dentistry. Fake it till you make it, I guess, is somewhat of a loose. (laughs) You do need to know what you're doing, but you need to, if you don't totally feel confident, you're probably better than you think. So I think just, you know, making conversation with the patient, making them feel comfortable will start to make you feel comfortable and just knowing that you need to show up with confidence. Um, You don't want to, you know, just let like kind of let dead airspace walk out of the room, come back in and just do the procedure. I like to use the quiet time while I'm waiting for the topical, let's say. I might start educating them about the complexity of this situation. I might just have a conversation with them about their, their dog. Like I'm going to do everything I can to make conversation meaningful, maybe light, uh, helpful to just make the patient feel comfortable. And then that's going to make the patient think that I have confidence because I'm relaxed. So then they know they can be relaxed. So that would be the next thing is like I say, the two C's conversation and confidence. Number three, I will remove the topical, get the suction, make sure their mouth doesn't taste yucky. And then I'm going to exactly explain what they're going to feel next. And I'm very um, careful because I want them to feel comfortable and relaxed because it's going to make my job easier, right? Well, also, I mean, obviously I care. Um, I, as it sort of has started as a joke years ago, I started calling myself painless Peggy because I made it a mission from dental school to learn how to give painless injections. And I get all the time that I give painless injections. I'm not just saying that. And so the painless Peggy came from the fact that there was a famous dentist from this area, New Brunswick, um, about 100 years ago now, uh, that his name was Painless Parker. And he's one of the first dentists in the world to use local anesthetics. And he was very, you know, he would kind of, he, he was really cool. Anyway, you've got to read, there's a couple books on him. Peter Pronich has written books on this guy. Anyway, so because of course I'm in New Brunswick, my name's Peggy. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm painless Peggy. And then I get to tell the story. And actually one day, just as a side note, one of his great grandsons was in my chair, almost died. Anyway, that's a side note. The point here is that we want to make sure our patients know that we care about it being painless. And so I'll talk them through that. I'll explain it. I make sure that they know that I have their best interest at heart and I'm going to make sure they're relaxed. And of course, that's going to, like I said, make my job easier. So, you know, I also explain that how about how long it's going to take. Patients want to know kind of, I mean, they don't want to know all the details, but if they know like that little pinch is going to last a second or there is no pinch or what I'm about to do is going to take about three minutes, then they're not wondering, right? Like don't leave your patients wondering. So I explain that, you know, I take a long time to give my freezing. And I say to them, you know, it seems like I'm giving you a lot, but I'm actually not. I'm just doing it really slow because if I go fast, it will hurt. And then they're like, okay, yeah, take your time. (laughs) You know, those are the things, those are the types of conversations you want to be constantly having. And now I do that every time I give freezing. Um, But I'm talking about extractions today. So especially with that patient that might be in pain or anxious, you want to make sure that you're really explaining that, what you're going to do, how long it's going to take, and that, you know, you're going to do it really slow because you care about um, how they feel throughout the that experience. So I, yeah, that's a tip for any time. Number four is 
I give ample freezing. I give um, a combination of articane and lidocaine. I will do the supplementary or like sort of um, at freezing in the, you know, accessory innervation areas, depending on where the block is. And, you know, we've got buccal, mental, palatal, whatever it is, but I make sure that I don't, don't skimp out on freezing, like give enough anesthetic. This is uh, something that I think we sometimes, okay, yeah, we'll just check and see. No, with extractions, especially, um, you, you're not going to give so much, you're going to overdose them, right? So give lots of freezing. And in that, I mean, let's say if it's a lower molar or lower wisdom tooth, I'm probably going to give like four carps, at least it could be five and I wouldn't even blink about it. Um, so don't, don't be, you know, shy and make sure that they know, like, listen, I want to make sure you have a good experience. So I'm going to give you lots of freezing. And generally people are pretty good with that. The next thing I do, or at some point after I've given the freezing, maybe we're just waiting for the freezing to occur. I will basically give them some understanding of the complexity of the situation. So if there is a bit of a complexity to it, and I want to make sure that they have a heads up and they're not going to come back later. Well, you know, this was, this didn't heal well, or this way. Managing your patient expectations is again, key for any type of procedure you're doing. So let's say the procedure is slightly complex. Let's say there's very dense bone or there's a curved root, or there's, you know, a crown on there. And I think it's going to break off. I'm really careful to make sure that I explain this all well of what to expect and that they certainly may have a complication that may be complex. And, uh, you know, it's just, like I say, helpful to help protect you. Uh, if it's taking a while, then they also like, oh yeah, she told us, told me it was going to be complex. So this is why it's taking a while. If it takes a while and you never explained anything, they're going to be wondering. So they're going to lose confidence in you and they're gonna, their anxiety level is going to go up. So I want my patients relaxed at all times. And I also think, again, it just, it gives the patient. So if they come back and, you know, you remember I said that, you know, this was more complex and so it's going to take a little longer to heal. I'm very, again, just upfront with what the patient should expect. And that just comes down to really managing our patient expectations. So really make sure that if there is anything at all, it's not staying in your head. You're sharing that with the patient and you're also waving at the assistant to make sure she documents that. Now, the next thing I do is I want to make sure that they're frozen, right? I mean, we want to make sure our patients are really well numb. We don't want to get started if we, you know, are, you know, just sort of got in there and we didn't check all the numbness. So I get my patients to, I get, first of all, I explain what purely or fully numb is. Sometimes they think their lip is tingly. So they're like, they'll tell you, if you say to a patient, are you frozen? And their, t their lip is tingly. They're going to say, yeah, I'm frozen, but then you're going to get going and it's not frozen. So you need to define for the patient what numbness, what full, complete, you know, anesthesia is so that they're not defining it for you. Um, so I don't ask the patient, are you frozen? Do you feel numb? Those are silly questions. I'm going to be honest. You have to explain to the patient what numbness is, and then you have to ask them open-ended questions. So you ask them something like, describe what it feels like right now. Show me or point to me where things are feel numb. Uh, or feel, what does it feel like? <laughs> if you ask, uh, like I said, is your lip numb? Then they're just going to say yes. And it might, again, like I said, just be tingly. But you want them to, you want to say to them, listen, I want to distinguish between tingly and numbness. So if it's, you know, tell me what it really feels like. And like I said, get them to point to that area. And that's going to be so key in making sure you're ready and whether or not you have to give more freezing. Hey guys. 
We all know how COVID has forced us out of our comfort zones. And for me, it's really highlighted the need to be more digital than ever and show up online as a modern dentist. In addition, I've seen a noticeable increase in patient demand for services in both digital and cosmetic dentistry. If you've noticed this too, and you've been struggling where to start, what courses to implement, and how to even put it together for your team, I might have the solution. I have developed a six-week challenge course that will completely change the game for you this year. I've always wanted to help GP dentists who are looking to improve their skills in Invisalign, cosmetic bonding, combination cases, digital smile design, and even how to communicate and market themselves. And I think I've finally created just that. I know it can be overwhelming and I know the challenges faced when trying to figure it all out on your own while operating, might I add, the day-to-day business of dentistry. I've had to face those same obstacles and fears myself. And so after years of doing that very thing, and I believe overcoming some of the latest challenges related to COVID, I've decided to create a unique course in the form of an app in order to save other docs from struggling like I did. The techniques and software I show you inside this app have been tried and tested by my team and are fully explained in order to help you become more digital, communicate better, and stand out like never before. I want to take you on the inner workings of my clinic and share exactly with you the techniques and workflows that I think you need to know in order to be a truly modern dentist. If this is something you cannot afford to pass up, You must get signed up today. I'm going to be launching this very soon. All you have to do is DM me on IG, Instagram, at drpeggybound, Dr. Peggy Bound, and I will send you all the details. Now back to the episode. Now, once they're getting frozen and I'm about to start, I say to them, listen, there's going to be some pressure. There's nothing I can do about the pressure. However, if you feel pain, then we're going to stop, right? I don't want you to feel pain. But let's explain to the patient what I do next is I explain to them what the difference between pain and pressure is. So I'll push on their shoulder and I'll say, see, this is pressure, okay? And there's going to be a lot of it in your jaw. We'll hold your jaw, don't worry. But pain, and I might like kind of take the explorer and point, pinpoint something on the other side that's not frozen, you know, Try to make sure that your patient really understands because if they react every time you apply pressure, their arms come up, you're going to stop. It's going to take forever. I don't believe extraction should take forever. I think this should be one of the fastest things we do, but we need to do it in a way that we, where we have a patient that's really relaxed. So you want to say to them, listen, there's nothing I can do about the pressure. Even when you're frozen, there's always going to be pressure, but there is something we can do about pain. So like I said, pushing on the shoulder, get them to distinguish the difference. And I say, the more relaxed you are, if you stay relaxed, then this is going to actually go a lot faster. So try not to react to the pressure because every time you raise your arms or for reasons for just for pressure, then I'm going to stop and it's going to take a lot longer. So again, really managing patient expectations, telling them the rules of the game. It's my op, it's my procedure. And I want a patient that's relaxed and not overreacting to things I can't control. The next thing I do is I will always start with, um, you know, of course I do the PK or the periosteal elevator to, you know, trough around the tooth, but I always begin with 77R. I don't know what you do. Um, I do long episodes of pressure with the elevator engaged and I tell the patient, I say, listen, you're going to feel a lot of pressure and I just hold it there and hold it there. And this was something that my associate wasn't used to. She was used to being taught how to hold on to a tooth with with a forcep or an elevator and rock and rock and rock and rock. No, 
We want to rip those peritoneal ligaments. And the best way to do it is to just dig in, rotate, and hold. And I sell the patient, I said, listen, this is a lot like watching the kettle boil. And so while we're waiting for that, and my arm is like under tremendous stress, I will say, I'll make jokes. I may make small talk. I'm waiting, you know, it's waiting, but I'm going to do something to reduce the weight and reduce the awkward silence because patient can't talk. My assistant may or may not talk. Um, My assistant, personally, my assistant would because she talks a lot. But, you know, watching the patient body language at all times, I'm getting my assistant to help me gauge how the patient's doing. But I'm going to really sort of offset that awkward silence of just like waiting. They're like, what is she doing? What is she doing? I'm going to explain to them what I'm doing. Like I explain everything that I'm doing. And then I'm also going to just sort of, maybe I'm going to talk about something that happened to me in the morning. It could be something just takes their mind off things. And like I said, we have to explain to our patients that it is going to take a little bit of time with this heavy pressure. Once I get it out, of course, I could go into, you know, how I section teeth and all that. If, if you want to know more on that, for sure, DM me on Instagram. But I, you know, when I, when I finally removed it, like I'm, again, I don't take too long to take out teeth. I think my assistant and I were, were done so many hundreds, maybe thousands of extractions. And, but what's fun is just to keep it fun, keep it light, right? So when I'm removing it, I will say to the patient, oh my gosh, it's a boy or it's a girl. And then I tell them how I always wanted to be an obstetrician, but I just didn't have the guts for it. So I'm, I'm a dentist who takes out teeth. And then I announce <laughs> that it's a boy or a girl. So it's sort of fun because if it was a really, again, being a woman, if it was a really tough tooth, I'll say, oh, it was a boy. You know, boys are boys. And then I will, again, take no offense to that. But, you know, I'm just sort of joking around and I'm like picking it in my mind, like what type of uh, tooth this is. And it always gets a laugh. It breaks the silence. It's relief of the procedure. They're happy. They love how cool and calm uh, I was. And I was like making jokes. And I was, you know, just even during a serious procedure, you can make them go, wow, like that was just so easy. And that's what I always look for at the end of my appointments. So the last thing I do is I explain to them that I'm going to be giving them a suture. A lot of my patients do get sutures or um, they'll get like a sponge plug. I like to, I, I hardly ever, I mean, I can honestly say, we don't get post-ops from extractions because we go above and beyond. So one of the ways to go above and beyond is even to do a suture, maybe when perhaps you were taught in dental school, you didn't need one. Um, So I want to make sure, of course, they're not bleeding and I go over helping them, you know, what to do to, to avoid food on that side. I personally look them in the eyes and I, you know, kind of review the post-op instructions a little bit more, even though my assistant already did it. And, you know, that's, that's a great, she always does that, but I like them to hear it from me about some of the things that I'm most concerned with. And I want to tell them what to expect. You know, there may seem like there's a lot of bleeding in your, in your mouth, but it's just your saliva mixing with it. So don't panic about that. We're going to give you a suture. It's going to resolve, um, it's going to resorb in a few days. And it's really there to, you know, make you feel comfortable and not have any issues. So, Um, you know, I want them to, like I said, have a great experience. One of the things I do do though, um, especially with smokers. Uh, so if I know like they're probably going to go smoke and I'm just like, no, I do not want them to come back with a dry socket. I personally had two dry sockets when I had my wisdom teeth. I'm not a smoker, just had a horrible experience. And maybe this is like a lot of things I do in dentistry and I go out of my ways because I've experienced bad root canals extractions with dry sockets I've experienced crowns and fillings and bonding and like ortho like two or three times you know I've done a lot of the things and been through a lot of things so I will say to them 
again, they know it's lighthearted, but I'll, I'll say to the smoker, I'll say, let's look into my eyes. Do you like pain? And of course, what are they going to say? They're going to say no, right? I'm like, no. Then do not smoke for 48 hours. <laughs> because I don't want to have to deal with that. I could, we could all prevent that. I'm like, but you, I'm get, they will remember that I made them look into my eyes and tell me that they made a choice whether or not they were going to smoke or they were going to go work out or whatever it was. So I really think that it's important to just, you know, (laughs) give your patients a little bit above and beyond, make sure that they know how much you care and that the procedure is goes well with that conversation and that confidence and you know you don't want these patients you don't really it's not a not a money major money maker again depending on how fast you are you still have to block off time because there's the way the room gets um, taken down but I do think that we can have you know a really good experience with our uh, patients who were removing teeth with and our patients can actually learn to like us and it can be even a a practice building type of thing because sometimes that's how they come in so not much more to say about that that's my top 10 I hope I think there were 10 there (laughs) um and I like I said I just think the trick is to remember that you are you know going to be uh, doing something to a patient that is tough but you can make it a good experience and just making sure that you're sort of following just the very basics of course i i didn't get into it but i of course i use the forceps in the end and all these things but the the elevators are your friend and they are really probably going to make this whole thing easy another idea i thought about is how to manage paresthesia so i may come back with another episode uh we did have a few patients you know over the last few years come in with paresthesia and like how to manage that. So if that's something you think that also you'd like to hear more about, then I would love to do an episode on that. And that's it, guys. I hope that was helpful. Uh, Like I said, try to reach out to me if you have any questions or you want to know more about anything. Then I'm on Dr. Peggy Bound, um, my Instagram. And you can certainly, like I said, catch me anywhere. But I really respond to most questions and concerns there. And that's it. I hope you have a great day. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day to to listen to this podcast. And again, hopefully I inspired you in some way. If you feel this was helpful or you have any colleagues that you think would really maybe enjoy some, some of the content like this, we're going to be here every week. And I would so appreciate it if you would subscribe to my channel and also share this little discovery of this new podcast with your friends and colleagues. If you do want to reach me, you can certainly find me through my social media channels, Dr. Peggy Bound or Peggy Bound Dentistry, and or you can reach me on my email, peggy at smilesbybound.com.